0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Premier Scott Noel joins us from Saskatchewan. What's going on in the province of Saskatchewan. Premier, how are you? Thanks for taking the time.
1: Hey, I'm doing well, Roy. I hope you and all your listeners are doing uh, equally as well today.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful day in this country uh, when the rest of the world is... Facing some significant really significant challenges, we just spoke with two guests in the last hour who were in uh, in Israel and uh, explained to us the the emotions that are raw in israel and uh, and then we we look at the demonstrators in this country and elsewhere who are supporting Hamas and uh, you know no, no one's no one's glorifying the death of civilians anywhere. But I can, for the life of me, Premier, understand how, after what we've seen over the last numbers of days, anybody can get up and, uh, and just glorify Hamas. It's, it's deplorable. I know you and your province have delivered $100,000 to Israel in emergency aid. Could you just speak to what we've seen in the last week? What's your sense?
1: Well, it, it's it's absolutely tragic, and and uh, you're you're absolutely right. In, in in no way, shape, or form should there be any uh, glorifying of any terrorist organization in the world, uh, and and namely, uh, Hamas, who has uh, <laughs> just underwent unthinkable, unthinkable, unthinkable actions time and time again uh, in Israel. You're, you're right. We've been, uh, as a government, as a province, I would say, very supportive of of uh, of, of not only uh, the Israeli uh, community uh, abroad. But the Israeli community that we have here in Saskatchewan and Canada as well, I was at a synagogue the other evening, and what has happened in Israel at the hands of Hamas is very close. Uh, to our communities and connected uh, to so many people that are living in Saskatchewan, and I would expect, uh, um, you know, just one uh, breath away—cousins, uh, parents, grandparents, uh, friends—that uh, are that are in Israel dealing with uh, the, the fallout from this uh, unthinkable, unthinkable act that has been uh, that has been undertaken by this terrorist organization. And so, very much, uh, I, I think, is is part of our our society our families, our people uh, here in Saskatchewan, in Canada, and we need to support one another and in particular support our uh, Is- Israeli community uh, here in Canada now.
0: Yes, Premier, I agree with you. Thank you so much for that. Now, we'll, uh, we will we uh, will be talking tomorrow with uh, your fellow Premier and the West uh, Premier. Danielle Smith joins us from Alberta, Prairie Premier's. You've had your challenges, faced your challenges with the federal government. You've challenged them right on back, and you've been on this program on a number of occasions, challenging Stephen Gilbo, the environment minister federally, to stop interfering in constitutional matters that are really the 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 affair of the province, and that's the development of natural resources. And now the Supreme Court of Canada, in a five-to-two decision. Yesterday, said the Impact Assessment Act, Bill C-69, if you will, or the No More Pipelines Bill, as it was dubbed uh, previously, is overstepping the constitutional bounds the federal government has, and yet, Premier, what we're hearing from the Trudeau government is, that's yeah, no big deal. It's just a minor adjustment. We'll just write it out, and we'll, we'll start, we'll, you know, we'll just make the adjustments. What's your sense? What's your big-picture sense here, Premier.
1: Well, they'll make the adjustment at their own peril. Uh, this is, I would say again, I said this a few years ago on, on your program, are provinces are not subsidiaries of the federal government uh, and and that 's what we 're seeing uh, the federal government uh, treat provinces like with respect to the jurisdiction that we each have uh, the development of our natural resources the development of how we uh, how we generate power in our our respective provinces so that it 's affordable and yes as clean as, as possible for our residents and industries that are are creating wealth that, that's all under the provincial jurisdiction and what this act has done and many other uh, initiatives of the federal government have done is really try to uh, circumvent uh, the very constitution that uh, that is is so important to to this country uh, and most certainly um circumvent uh, some of the provincial jurisdiction that that constitution protects. And so we were very pleased uh, with the outcome of of, uh, of this case, as well as the previous Alberta case credit to previous premier, Jason Kenney, uh, for bringing that forward. We were quick to intervene uh, credit to Daniel Smith uh, for seeing uh, this through right through to the Supreme court, uh, Supreme court of Canada. And ultimately this is a, I would say a good day for Canadians because it helps us uh, provide that, that energy security from um, through the, the exploration, ultimately the development stage of those, those investments, um, and ultimately into production. And we must remember, um, when we produce products in, in Saskatchewan and Canada, uh, we produce some of the cleanest products that you can find on earth, and so we should be very proud of that. And We should look to opportunities to produce more, to provide that food and energy security to uh, countries around the world, allied countries around the world, I think is a, a significant um, piece of, of, of uh, what we should be looking at as a nation.
0: Yeah, I mean, this has been said over and over, and it's been proven over and over. And we've had visits from the Chancellor of Germany, the Prime Minister of Japan, and they wanted to engage in in, in a liquid natural gas export reality from Canada to their countries, and I've speculated, and I think you... Uh, you, you agreed with that, that they uh, they probably would have unwritten the cost of, uh, of creating the terminals that were required. But Mr. Trudeau insists there's no business case to be made. And clearly, there's more than a business case to be made. There's a massive need in the rest of the world for what Canada can provide. And it would be a tremendous boon to our national treasury in funding our social programs and our health care if those multiples of billions of dollars were to arrive in Canada on an annual basis. I don't know why they don't get it, Premier. Never mind funding uh, some of the
1: very investments that are ensuring that we continue to produce some of the, the cleanest products that you can you can find on Earth. Uh, l- listen, this is uh, uh, Bill C-69, the, the No More Pipelines Bill, is um, one in a, a multitude of initiatives from this federal government uh, to essentially stymie uh, the development of what are some of the cleanest uh, products in the world. There is no business case for any of that from the federal government as ultimately the federal government is not in the business of, of, uh, of doing business. They're in the business of of regulating that business and what we I would say need to really seriously look at in this country is a process that says that actually walks these industries through um, to a, a a production possibility um w- w- what Bill C-69 did, what the No More Pipelines Act did, was not only uh, inhibit uh, projects like Energy East, force the government in order to um, ensure that the Trans Mountain Pipeline w- would go forward, they actually had to step up and purchase that to, to, to essentially save uh, their reputation with respect to this very act that has now been deemed unconstitutional, but it also leans into mining development, it leans into other energy investments that are being made, uh, not only in Western Canada, but in, in the Atlantic Canada as well, and it leans into uh, how we are generating power for our residents and for our industries that are employing those very residents across Canada. And so it's it's this is this is a good day, it's a good decision, it's the right decision, and we would look forward to a number of additional decisions with respect to the multitude of, of initiatives uh, where the federal government is very blatantly uh, uh, attempting to circumvent the Constitution to ultimately uh, lean in in provincial areas of jurisdiction which are um, on how to develop uh, the natural resources that we have to the benefit of our residents.
0: Do you think they'll back off now?
1: No. I do not. Um, I, I think they will attempt to uh, to change uh, some of the wording. However, uh, the the decision is quite clear. Uh, there are areas that are, are provincial in jurisdiction, and in many cases, I know in Saskatchewan, we have already taken up that regulatory space even prior to Bill C-69 uh, being in place. And that's why we had uh, issues with the, the No More Pipelines bill, is is it was actually crossing over into areas where we already had a regulatory process in, in place that was working uh, provincially. And uh, we most certainly are looking at you know how is we can a province ensure, given this ruling that, uh, that the provincial jurisdiction is respected regardless of what the federal government may try to do to circumvent that
0: so premier, your province and you talked to us this about this about a month and a half ago, uh, I think we got the first heads up from you that it was going to happen. Saskatchewan I mean, is it, passing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. Saskatchewan is passing legislation along with an notwithstanding clause in the charter requiring parents be informed of children under 16 who want to change their pronouns under and or gender identification at school. And your bill will, uh, will make it incumbent, the Parents' Bill of Rights, will make it incumbent on schools to inform parents Now, this is a very controversial issue, but Canadians were polled nationally by Leger on this question. You tweeted about it. So, first of all, how controversial is it in Saskatchewan, and how controversial do you perceive your legislation to be nationally?
1: Well, I I think it is raising a a discussion, and it's it's an important discussion, and it may be should be more of a discussion as opposed to a controversy or referred to as a controversy. Um, but however, there are strong opinions on, on, uh, you know, all sides of this, this conversation and we respect that. But if you just go back through the last number of months and, and look at how this conversation came about, um, the, the current the, the policy up until the last number of months uh, in the vast majority of, of Saskatchewan schools and school divisions uh, was exactly uh, the policy uh, that we had put forward in in uh, a couple of months ago that was then put on holds hold by the court it was an inclusive policy all many of our schools uh, virtually all of our schools um, were including the parents at, at whatever level and encouraged to include the parents um, at whatever uh, level they they felt appropriate school board were not did not have policies in place that were specifically there um, guiding the or, or telling teachers to exclude the parents in particular um, specifically exclude the parents from information if their child is changing their pronouns, changing their name, or changing how they where they recognize themselves uh, with respect to, to gender. Um, that changed here over the course of the last few months, where we had a, a school division actually change their policy to exclude the parents uh, if that. That information should uh, become apparent to the teacher and that's where this discussion started and so essentially what the policy was at Saskatchewan introduced was that what the status quo policy has been for many many years um, throughout schools uh, across the province. Um, That policy was put on hold. We had said from uh, the introduction of that policy, should uh, at any point in time that policy not be effective, the government has tools, and we ultimately will use those tools to ensure that we're providing the the certainty of education policy and parental inclusion in their children's uh, education and school um, at the first opportunity, should that policy not become effective. And that's what happened, and that's why we have responded in the way we did. And so this policy is, is one that has largely been in place for many, many years. Uh, across schools in in Saskatchewan, and it's only when uh, there was uh, some movement in in changing that policy to specifically exclude parents that we um, felt we had to step in and standardize what is uh, going to be the policy across our school divisions in the province.
0: Now, Leger conducted a national poll, and I'm just looking at the headline in the Globe and Mail. More Canadians support using notwithstanding clause in parental rights debates. Poll fines. Use the notwithstanding clause. You've been accused of bullying your way through the legislation and, and harming kids by using the notwithstanding clause. And yet we have more Canadians siding with you. Would you address that, please? Well, I think most Canadians realize that uh, this
1: has been the policy for, for many, many years in, in their community and in their school. And, and that is what we are doing as a government, using the tools that we have available. And in this case, it's required to have legislation with the Notwithstanding Clause uh, to return uh, to that, that very policy of parental inclusion uh, in, in their child's lives. It's, it's schools and teachers, uh, are, they do excellent, excellent work. But our educators are not parents. Um, they will, as, as, as our previous education minister had said, may stand in the place of parents for uh, a period of time uh, while their children are at school, um, but they are not parents. Uh, they are not the parents of our children. And ultimately, uh, at the, we want the parents uh, to be informed so that they can be there uh, to support their child uh, through a, what is a very sensitive time, our teenage years potentially. Um, but any of our childhood uh, our childhood years, I, I think in fairness, um, our kids need the support of their parents and parents. Parents aren't able to support if they aren't aware of what is uh, what is going on uh, in their kid's life. And so we uh, most certainly um, have been consistent from, from the get-go on, on this policy. The introduction of the policy was to return things to how it has been for many years, and we would use the tools available, if necessary, to ensure we're providing that certainty for Saskatchewan parents, and that is precisely what we're doing now.
0: Just a few seconds, Premier. So you're not in a heavy-handed way. Pushing the courts out of the picture by uh, including the notwithstanding clause in your legislation.
1: No, uh, what we're doing is, is precisely what we uh, said we were going to do is ensure that this policy is in place, providing certainty to not only parents and families, but providing certainty to our to our educators uh, in our schools across the province as well. And returning um, an education policy to, to where it was uh, largely uh, in our schools and school divisions just a few months ago.